0: the doghouse I'm Diana and I'm David it's Riverdale season 6 episode 15 chapter 110 things that go bump in the night after failing to get pops declared a historical landmark Tabitha enlists Archie's help saving the diner from Percival Betty opens up to agent Drake about her ability to see people's evil auras meanwhile after Reggie and the shareholders declare war on Veronica she turns to Jughead for help maintaining control of the Babylonian finally cheryl reconnects with her childhood crush heather and tony and fangs continue their fight for custody of baby anthony so uh this is another episode where a lot of just things happened
1: yeah it's it's
0: more moving the pieces about sure i don't what are they doing Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know (laughs) <laughs> I I guess at this point we're having a lot of exposition to fortify their abilities. So like Veronica's just showed up and now we now it's like big deal. Archie's now forged in fire and I guess now Jughead can control mind shit. So yeah. It's taking so long. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot.
1: They're just adding crap on to justify having 22 episodes of television this season
0: well we still don't know if that's actually what's happening you know again we know season seven is going to be the last one we don't know when the end of the season is we don't know what the order is so yeah it's it's a lot uh we start the episode uh at thornhill with cheryl talking to heather we find out that heather's been working at the library for about seven years uh her mom died of a tragic accident uh, once they got there, Cheryl explains that she had a nurturing and beautiful relationship with Tony, which is just straight up bullshit. That relationship was toxic as hell. And as Heather's leaving, Cheryl's like, "Oh, oh wait, um I want to turn the all the stuff of Thornhill into a privately owned library." And Heather's like, "Oh, okay. Sure." Sure. Why not?
1: This goes in an okay direction, but it's also so much exposition to get to a point where it's at least even like normal. Yeah. I I don't hate their relationship. I think it will wind up being fine alongside a theory I have with a bunch of these other people, but just like there's so much bullshit to justify this instead of it just being like introduce new character, move on. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know. It is. The only thing that's nice is that we see Cheryl being nervous around someone.
1: And Cheryl not being the most knowledgeable in the room.
0: Yes. Um, I, I, I don't love that, you know, in typical Cheryl form, she's lying to this person. But this is, prob- this is a more benign lie. It's an excuse for them to spend more time together we go over to pops and we got jug tabitha and pop tate there and she's sad that they didn't they weren't able to get pops declared a historical landmark but uh she's she's got a plan to buy some time you know as she reiterates the fact that the diner is the town in soul it's a safe harbor so she's not gonna let it just get torn apart sure We go over to the FBI office and Betty is talking to Agent Drake, who I just I don't believe she
1: is who we think she is. No. okay, look, I I am of the opinion because at once it was very easy to go, oh, she's TBK. She's TBK. But that still doesn't seem right.
0: I could see her being a Starkweather but i
1: don't i don't know but she's just not who we think she is well but again she's got so much knowledge of the arcane and again we've had connections with every single person of mm. this one interesting figure that's popped up mm-hmm. that has fed this person into the information they need tabitha's is very very on the nose
0: mm-hmm. oh okay so you think she's like a guardian angel i
1: think all of these people moose is an embodiment for Kevin's guardian angel. This is an embodiment for Betty. Archie's going to have his own at some point. It's bingo. (laughs) It might be bingo, but regardless, every single one of these characters is getting some sort of guardian angel figure.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Or at least the ones who are going to be protected and fight against the evil. Okay. Because I could also see them splitting up the core four on different sides of this battle.
0: Well, yeah, that's
1: essentially going to happen. But uh, I, I, I think this is Betty's guardian angel coming in with Jillian. Although Jillian is so, so dropping hints that she wants to be smooching Betty. Eh, I,
0: I really don't care. She's just like bomb dropping left and right about things. Betty, you know, tells her what happened with her mom. And Drake tells her, you got to get out of the house. You need to go somewhere like a boyfriend or a girlfriend's but he's like oh a boyfriend and oh thanks for the impromptu therapy session and drake says no oh, well it's jillian or drake if you prefer so that's how we leave that and then we Cut directly to Archie. He's getting Bingo ready to go for a walk, but he comes in. She's got her glasses on, and she's like, "Um, can I move in for a little bit while I untangle my emotional childhood trauma?" And Archie's got this huge shit grin on his face. He's like, "Yes, yeah, stay for as long as you need. We'd love to have you." But and then they all go outside for their walk.
1: Even Bingo wants to hear woof, woof. Oh, Bingo.
0: Uh, we go over to the Tang's apartment, Janet Weiss is there uh, to talk through kind of what's going on with the legal issues. She's there to help, but she's also there to like point out, like, there's some things that stand against you to which Vang's like, because we're gangbangers. Jesus. Uh, she's like, well, also, and you have criminal records.
1: His whole character is just such garbage at this point.
0: They really threw out Vang's character in this in this episode. I I can buy the whole... I need to find a job, a, a more, I don't want to say substantial job, but like a paying job in order to help, you know, boost my reputation.
1: I can even understand the I'm too prideful to not take the position to to, to not back down from my feelings about both the gang and my need to feel like I'm in charge of something.
0: Well, it it's... I, I'm, I would be fine if he had, if we had had Fags, who is supposed to be a little bit more self-aware. There's just like, look, I know as like, we have an evolved relationship, but there's still a part of me that feels like I should be a breadwinner. And so that is difficult for me. Um. So like, I, I would have been fine if there had been like a moment where he verbalized that a little bit more instead of just like the stereotypical bullshit. Um. I feel like that's where they really undercut his character.
1: Yeah, but the show's too stupid to actually think about that, so.
0: No, it's the path of least resistance to get themselves what they want. So, yeah, we talk about the fact that Fangs doesn't have, like, a full-time job. But he does. His full-time job is taking care of the baby while Tony goes off and does all of her stuff. her job. Or, like, her both of her jobs and running the serpents. So, you know, they mention, you know, won't, won't that look good to the judge? And Miss Weiss is like, It depends on the judge to be honest which is very true Mm -hmm. we'll go back to archie's tab is there they're in the kitchen and her plan is to put the diner in storage um you know um that until she can get some land that percival can't claim rights to he can't claim eminent domain and then they can rebuild it um because she's like clearly percival sees pops as the threat and you know it's the symbol and headquarters of the resistance so Archie's like yeah let's get a crew together and get this done and uh they've got to do it fast because supposedly he's gonna be bulldozing pops in the next few days which I love Archie's like yeah well he sucks but don't worry (laughs) like I I like the blatant just like he sucks
1: that's a very high school Archie thing to say, yeah. Well, I, screw him, man.
0: <laughs> I appreciate this. I i do. We needed it. Uh, we got over to Jughead, who is in his nook and he has Rider's Block and he's run out of ways to procrastinate and he's just t- shooting rubber bands all over the place. <laughs> it's very cute. I like I Pulled this. a little
1: rule of threes image here, which was very nice. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, he
0: gets a phone call and uh, it's Veronica, so he heads over to her office. And she's like, look, um, they're putting the screws to me. I got to build up a war chest. Ooh, I know you can read minds, So why don't we use your gift to our mutual benefit? And Jughead's like, OK, how does that work? And she's like, OK, do you know about those mentalist acts like in Vegas? Uh, let's do one here. You be the seer. I'll be your girl Friday. Read minds." And uh, she's like 60-40 split my way, of course. To which Jughead thinks for a second he goes 50-50, and we only read the minds of the willing, which I do appreciate. And Veronica agrees. He wants to be safe. Well, he doesn't want to do anything inappropriate. Like he doesn't want to do anything inappropriate.
1: It's it, it's it's a nice thing of he he recognizes that he has a talent that can be marketed. But he's going to market it to people who are already willing to suspend that belief for a magic trick. <laughs> well,
0: here's here's the other thing. Jughead is an alcoholic. Ooh, yeah. It would be very easy for him to start exploiting, becoming addicted to his gift. So I feel like he is trying to keep the boundaries in place for himself, which is important. Yeah go over to Andrew's construction and Archie's talking to the crew. Uh Fangs is there and he's just like, hey, we got a new gig. We're gonna tear down and rebuild pops. So, they're like, is this a union job? It is Carlos, which means health benefits, time and a half, pension plans, and no scabs. Um what do you say? I'm ready to save pops and they're all like yeah great. So cool. Uh, we go back to the Tang's apartment. Fangs is all like, yeah, I'm going to be a part of the crew. I don't want to be seen as some freeloader. This is where we really get this conversation. And Tony's trying to just like reassure him that you can't possibly be a freeloader. You're his father. And Fangs is like, well, I think this will make me a better father. And, you know, I was like, well, we'll make this work. And now, like, oh, thanks, Tony. It's a lot of macho bullshit
1: but completely outside of anything that we've known Fangs to be up to this point.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like It's not like Percival has even said shit to him. Mm -hmm. So I don't even buy that somehow Percival got to him to do this. This is just lazy ass writing.
0: No, that's what I agree with. This has nothing to do with Percival.
1: Yeah. And it's and it's horrible because Drew Ray Tanner is
0: a better actor than this. Oh, we love Drew Ray Tanner. He is fabulous. And I like Tony and Fangs together. This is an understandable conflict, but the way they framed it and the way they're having Fangs deliver his portion is really a lot of character assassination. That's my problem with it. Like the situation, fine, but yeah, the way they've presented it, bad.
1: Well, the way the way you do this is that you actually raise the stakes with Miss Weiss of like they want to see both parents contributing.
0: But they they have a point later where Fang says we're drowning in legal bills. So it
1: is becoming about money. That too. But I mean, like that, that being the, the thing that sticks in him mm-hmm. of like the judge is only seeing one of you contribute. And I understand that you have an arrangement, but that's not what yeah. the judge is going to see. And that just causing this massive anxiety breakdown for him. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. But they don't ever do that.
0: We go over to the Cooper house and Betty walks in. She's like, hey, y'all, I'm just gonna get a few things. Where's grandma? And she sees Dagwood and Juniper, who we haven't seen in quite some time.
1: <laughs> I know. That's like, oh, they still exist.
0: They're playing with a cat. Mm-hmm. Betty has a little flashback to a caramel in her uh Putting it out of its misery. Yep. And as she's like, where did you get that cat? Oh, Granny got him for us. What's his name? Butterscotch. Okay. Just, just in case anyone has forgotten, the three cats that have been uh, featured on this show are Caramel, Toffee, and now Butterscotch. Amazing. <laughs> just uh, the next one's going to be named Fudge. Yeah. Uh, Betty looks at the, the twins and Dagwood has the red aura around him so but he's like um i'm gonna borrow butterscotch and make sure he has all of his shots and whatnot and so she starts like leaving and juniper's like okay but bring him back so he can catch mice for us but he's like okay okay
1: backing away slowly
0: backing away slowly Riverdale. <laughs> Yeah,
1: we we're going to need to just go scene by scene through this. I we have some theories about what's going on with Betty here. Well, we're we're just going to have to wait till we get to the end. Exactly, but I it's interesting because I think it throws a complete different wrinkle in her powers.
0: Yes. So, we come back from the intro and the crew is up at Pops, they're getting ready to take everything down. They're taking stuff all um down from the walls being very careful they're taking the booths out they're making good progress and then the gumball machine falls over and this startles tabitha
1: nobody touches it it just falls over
0: nobody's near it it just falls over
1: huh interesting
0: we go back to the fbi office betty's talking to drake she's like okay um more fringe science stuff uh basically she explains that she has been able to see the auras and then she explains that she saw dagwood with one they get into the conversation about the MAOA gene and they basically decide we need to find a doctor who's willing to test the twins for the gene. <laughs> okay. Cut to Dr. Curdle's office and the kids the kids just run in and start playing with stuff and he looks at them like they're rabid dogs.
1: The way Betty smirks <laughs> yeah. at, at Agent Drake yeah, of just like Oh, I know a doctor.
0: No a doctor who will do just about anything. And <laughs> and then Dr. Kirtle's like, are these the subjects we'll be testing? She goes, yeah, these are my niece and nephew, Juniper and Dagwood. Snap
1: the glove. Like, what? Like, He's so extra this season. I
0: love it. I love how extra he is. He is a living cartoon character. I'm here for it.
1: Between that and the Josie episode, the Josie episode brought me so much joy last season. I'm a big fan. I'm a big
0: fan. <laughs> <laughs> with Mister Weatherby,
1: <laughs> Waldo Weatherby, and Doctor Curdle Jr. And you're like, what the
0: heck? Yeah, I, it's, it's uh,
1: so funny.
0: Uh, we go over to Thornhill, and Heather is doing a cleansing ritual oh to bless God. the home and hearth, to cultivate a, a space for innovation.
1: Everything rhymes with the spells.
0: Sure. Cheryl explains she's a student of the arcane art. Heather talks about studying Wicca, worshipping the goddess Hecate. Um, It's helped her self-actualize. To which Cheryl's like, that's beautiful. I too have dabbled in the occult. To which Heather's like, tell
1: me more about that. Good lord, just bone already, you two. Yeah, it's just... There's so much of that going on. Now again, if she is a guardian angel, there's a reason for that. Sure. Um, I don't except no because Kevin bones with Moose, who we think might be a guardian angel. I
0: don't think Moose is a guardian angel. I don't know. It's just there's so much subtext that's unnecessary. It gets so much worse. <laughs> it does. It really does. Uh we go to Pops, it's completely empty. But, you know, they've finished taking everything out that they're gonna take out of Pops. And Percival shows up and he pretty much just offers everyone more money uh, and signing bonuses to work on his crew because it's long-term
1: plus no union,
0: no union. So no fees and Fangs is going to go for it to which Archie's like, you cannot be serious. And this is where Fang says we're drowning in legal bills. If there's an offer for long-term work with less dues, more money. That's exactly you know what
1: he needs. <sighs> so yeah. And Archie's like staring down Frank. This is, it, Archie makes the point he's just like this is completely against what my dad would stand for yeah like, and I love that the Andrews are union men
0: they're union men like, fuck I've,
1: yes I've, of course they're union men
0: not every job is a union job but you know typically it is
1: Andrews construction they're a union shop
0: we go over to the casino and Veronica is singing because that's what she does and then we have Forsythe the Fantastic uh, they they have him predict or he they have him read a card. Someone's written a number on a card. He reads it. Yay, this is amazing. And we see the crowd cheering, thinking this is cool. And Reggie is just annoyed.
1: Forsyth, the fantastic seer of the South Side.
0: I like it. It's cool. <laughs>
1: the mask they have on him is so Nightmare Alley. It's one hundred. The whole thing is
0: 100% Nightmare Alley. If you haven't seen that film, it's fabulous.
1: It's great. It was a great, solid movie. Not the best of the year, but it was one of those.
0: It was a contender. It was contender. Very much. Uh, we go back to Pops and we open the truck and it's empty. Everything they had loaded in yesterday, they had it fully loaded last night. It's empty. And they go into Pops and it's all back where it was. And Tabitha and Archie are just like, this has Percival's fingerprints all over it. He wants to flatten the diner with everything still in it. And Archie's just like, tough luck, because we're getting it all out here again. Double time. Come on. And the crew gets back to work. And Tabitha's like, I'll deal with Percival. So she goes over to Percival's shop. She starts yelling at him. He's just like, I legitimately have no idea what you're talking about. I want you off the property. She's like, nope. What she want is Pops and its contents destroyed. And for the hundredth time, that's not going to happen. And there's a vase sitting there, which she knocks over. and She goes, oops. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's great i really like that i appreciate that because it's so petty and appropriate
1: but for the first time percival actually makes a lot of sense um why would i want to put everything back together i want you gone
0: <laughs> yeah because he's fucking with her so we <laughs> yes. I mean, that's part. i mean she's right he wants to destroy all of it you can't leave any part of it there um but like Also, he's having fun. He's messing with her. Um, We cut it back over to Pops with the crew working and the jukebox just starts playing. And so two crew members go over to unplug it. And then all of a sudden we hear screaming help. And then one guy runs outside where Archie is. and goes, Sam got electrocuted trying to move the jukebox. And I'm like, oh, my God.
1: It's always fun when you have the one designated crew member of the group mm-hmm. who got the speaking
0: line. Yeah, he's, he's the one who got paid more this week.
1: <laughs> it's, it's always fun. It's like, oh, you're the one who's on the, the speaking rate. Nice. Good yep. to know.
0: <laughs> you, get, you get lines because if you get lines, you get more money, which is why Trevor didn't get lines until the 100th episode.
1: <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> Love it. Um, which is just a big joke now. We go back to the FBI office and Dr. Kirtle has some results for Betty. It turns out Juniper has the gene, but Dagwood does not.
1: Okie dokie. This is intriguing.
0: Okay. So she's talking to Drake again about it. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. Maybe that's my blind spot. Maybe it's counterintuitive. So they're, they're just kind of trying to talk through what, could it possibly be? So now Betty wants to get uh, the other people whose genes she's seen get tested.
1: Trevor, the nurse.
0: Trevor, the nurse. Who's the other one? Cheryl. <laughs> so yeah, so she's going to get Trevor, the guy from the hospital, and then Cheryl to see if they have the gene. She's just got to try to figure it out.
1: Cheryl, of course, from when Abigail had possessed her and was going mm-hmm. to murder everyone.
0: Yeah. We go back to the casino. Reggie shows up. He's, he wants 20% of their seer act because if she doesn't give it to him, he's going to tell Percival that she had her dad killed.
1: Hey!
0: well cool. Reggie's going to scheme. We go over to Tang's apartment and Tony sh- comes home. She's whose car is that out front? To which Fangs is like, oh, it's ours. I bought it with the signing bonus. And she's like, wait, Archie's giving sinus bo- bonuses? And he's like, no, Percival did. And so then Tony's like explaining like why it's such a bad idea. You know, he was responsible for the kidnapping and he control minds and is like, no, no, it'll be fine. Archie already warned me about that and I can use an emotional tether and that's going to be baby Anthony.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks. No, oh, thanks. Oh, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah. I, <laughs> again, it's just, none of this is in character. This is a dude who, is a bit of a rush into action type of guy, mm-hmm. but he's never been like Archie level, just no consequences, I don't care, go for broke type character. Mm-hmm. This makes no sense for Fangs. There's no, there's no raising the stakes to desperation that we ever got with him. Yeah, and so I, it's it's really frustrating because it's like, well, you clearly just did this for a plot point, but didn't. Ever motivate it by actually making fangs feel desperate about anything.
0: Yeah. We go over to Thornhill, Heather's giving Cheryl a reading. We go through a bunch of things. You know, basically she's the Queen of Wands. You know, she has a new strength and ability that she's discovered.
1: And this intrigues Cheryl. I I like this first point because Cheryl was just like, it's a tarot reading. It's like, oh. (laughs) It's like,
0: well, of course I consider myself a queen, but they're like, no, it has to do with. This new power. She goes. That might be accurate. The lovers. (laughs) You yearn for connection and intimacy. And oh my god! Don't 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 we don't we all? And then the tower is a dark card, promising disaster, carnage, war. To which Cheryl says, "Welcome to Riverdale." That's true. (laughs) Very appropriate. We go over the hospital. Tabitha's there, meeting Archie. Freak accident. Got electrocuted moving the jukebox. This must have been frayed wiring. And Tabitha's like. No, that's not possible. I had the jukebox service two months ago. It was perfectly fine. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. Something's going on. We cut over to Jughead. He's His writer's block is gone, so he's drawing. He gets a call from Veronica. He heads on over there. Reggie's blackmailing her. Okay. And he's like, I never liked him, even in high school. And Veronica's <laughs> like, I know he's the worst. But. <laughs> She's like, so can you erase minds you mean mind wipe reggie That is was entire mind small though it may be just uh the <laughs> fact that i ordered a hit on my father to which jughead's like yeah i always wondered about that <laughs> i Makes i sense. love i love jughead and veronica because there's there's no like sexual tension between them at all it's just very like let's be matter of fact and it's I very fun. It's a fun dynamic.
1: Yeah, if Jughead had been the character we kind of always wanted him to be, which was like, I don't care about any of y'all. Yeah, it would have been fun. But even back in the day when they kissed, just to be like, and just their reaction. Mm, no, no, this is no. This is no. <laughs>
0: um, and she's just like, yeah, I've made my peace with this, and he's like, Okay, I don't even know if I can do that kind of surgical wipe but I'll do my research. (laughs) All right, cool.
1: Jughead is playing with fire, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, We go back to Pops. And yet again, everything's back inside Pops. And Tabitha, this time from outside, can see through the window. She sees people inside. And so she runs in. The jukebox starts playing. And she's like, what
1: the hell? And nobody's in there. But it's all been put back. Oh, no. There's coffee sitting out. Yes. There's stuff on the counter.
0: Oh yeah. So it's like the the people she saw in the in the windows are gone. Spooky. Spooky. So then she's talking to Archie and she's just like I wouldn't be saying the diner's haunted if I hadn't seen ghosts with my own eyes, Archie. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, people have died at POP. She talked to her grandpa and like they've got to be causing the problems. And now she's like, Tabitha, a haunted diner is the least of my worries. <laughs> so, like, basically, they've lost everybody. They're all going to go work for Percival and Frank. And she's like, okay. I will figure out our ghost problem, but I still need to move the diner before Percival sees the control of the land. And Arch is like, I'll get my crew back. Like, Arch is going to figure it out. The
1: way... <laughs> I know we're in comic bookville. And sure. we may never get out of it. That's fine. But even so, the way none of these characters seem to care that weird shit happens anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because that's just this stupid fucking town they live in. Yep. Oh, uh, so funny. It's just adorable. And now we get our first in-show
0: commercial. (laughs) We go over to the White Worm. Frank is there to meet Archie. Um, He's like, thanks for coming. Drinks are on me. Here's my chime card. He's holding it. (laughs) Nobody hands a card like this to a bartender or server. The only way you hold a card like this is when you're showing your ID.
1: Like he's holding his child. Or when you need to show the card to the camera. Yeah. So that you can do the ad.
0: Yeah, basically. So <laughs> he's there to remind him about his dad. What would he say about us? He's like, no matter what, we're blood, he wouldn't put up with us behaving like this. He'd demand us to find a way back to each other. And Frank's like, your dad was an idealist. Like, and like, we can disagree on some things, but there are two things you and I would know. Pop's Diner and Andrew's Construction. Like, like those are the things we love. And so he brings him a picture. He shows him a picture of Frank and Fred when they were kids. And it's like, can't we at least get this one job finished in honor of my dad? And like, Frank sees the picture and he's like, kind of chuckles to himself. We go back over to the FBI office. Neither Cheryl nor Trevor the Orderly have the serial killer gene. So, okay.
1: Working hypothesis.
0: Okay. Based on all the information we gathered, our best hypothesis is that your blind spot is the MAOA gene. The, the present short circuits your ability to detect auras. And so like basically, what if there's some work around and then like, well, this isn't an exact science. It's part psychological, part biological. So now we got to figure out a way to test this. Um, yeah. Like your brain may process, absorb and uh, perceive auras differently and then Drake is like I've been meaning to ask how's living with the boyfriend
1: which is such a weird line to throw at the end it is because that's
0: the end of the scene it's very bizarre
1: on first blush it feels like that thing of oh clearly you're hinting that she's gay Mm -hmm. but I don't think that's it and it makes me think now that the fact that they keep pointing out the boyfriend thing for Betty Mm -hmm. Okay, it could play into Drake being TBK.
0: I don't think she is TBK. I think she's likely a Starkweather. And again, my, long, my big working theory is that the Starkweathers are a family of quote-unquote TBKs.
1: Or mm-hmm. if this is a guardian angel thing, perhaps she is recognizing that Archie is going to be corrupt, mm. that Mr. Indestructible is going to wind up fighting for the bad. Interesting ideas, but it's a curious line to end that scene. Oh no, no, I know what it is because my thing last
0: episode was like Betty's pregnant, she doesn't know it, and Archie and Betty both having these abilities could deem interesting things for a future child.
1: Oh, and and that's the
0: other part that has to, yeah, that has to do with the our working theory with the auras, which we'll get to at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, yeah, how's it going? Y'all still boning? That's essentially what that question is. Uh, We go back to Thornhill, and Tabitha's there. She is desperate. She's like, time traveling is one thing, but this is, and they're just like, sounds like a classic haunting, and they're gonna
1: help. Heather, maybe I can help. We can both help. And I'm like, oh, just be gay already. Come on. So then we go to Pops
0: and Heather's there and she's like, Mona Mitchell and Gilda Snide. Jonah's here and do not hide. Marcus Lee and Jenny Bride, blah, 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 blah. And so that we see the ghosts and Heather's like, who speak for the dead? I will. Gilda Snide. And basically they're there. For the battle of good and evil that's approaching.
1: They must bear witness.
0: And they're like, great, but you gotta stop sabotaging us. And the ghosts are like, we gotta protect this place. It's the final battleground. I'm like, we know, we're just moving it. Pops is gonna be rebuilt soon. And ghosts are like, there can't be any disruption. I'm like, oh my God, work with us
1: people. Cheryl in this scene.
0: <laughs> Cheryl in the scene is very classic cheryl in, in the best way
1: just impatient as fuck with these stupid ghosts
0: yeah and they're just like you know percival pickens the man who's taking over his land wants to destroy the do- designer to cripple the resistant and build a stupid train here to which they're like train why does that frighten you is he building the ghost train what the hell is a ghost train in cheryl cheryl i love it and heather's like an engine that grants the conductor great power dominion over the realm of the living and the dead so tabitha's just again like let's just work together and uh gilda's like okay the diner can't be broken down for long if it is we'll dissipate into the ether and if that happens there'll be no witnesses and the final battle cannot take place there'll be no opportunity to defeat the eldritch evil The use of Eldritch Evil, again, is just, I really feel like RIS's way to shoehorn all of the Sabrina shit into this show now, because that show got canceled. Um,
1: Except that wasn't Eldritch.
0: The last season did involve a lot more Eldritch Evil. Oh,
1: okay. All right. I watched
0: it. You didn't. They did go that way.
1: Fair. They. (gasps) Well, I mean, I do love me some Eldritch shit.
0: Eldritch shit is cool, but...
1: Tulu's awesome.
0: (laughs) Let it go. Your show sucked. (laughs)
1: and then and then tabitha
0: so they they can move the diner but they can't put it into deep storage very long that's that's what they've they've come to
1: and then just tabitha oh it's all starting to make sense cheryl is it (laughs) is it cheryl is so befuddled
0: I, which i love i love that cheryl doesn't know what the fuck is happening because cheryl's always like i know everything let me look at my medical text like she yep. knows it all but this is she's like what the fuck is this <laughs> into it.
1: Well, into i think it. she was expecting just like ghosts and it was like this is more than ghosts what the fuck
0: we head on over to the fbi office and alice shows up yelling at betty She's like, how could you you took those children away from me you're not in the right headspace to be taking care of children and she's like i'm their guardian i'm perfectly capable of taking care of them but I was like, there's evil in that house, like real evil. And I don't want the twins growing up the same way I did. And I was like, I'm trying to protect them. Oh, the way you protected me. And Alice just like, how dare you? All the sacrifices, everything we did, it was it was never enough. You always had to conjure up villains to explain everything that was wrong with you. Did you ever stop to think that maybe you're the villain? You need to stop looking for monsters other than bed and closet and in the closets and just stop and take a really good look in the mirror. And despite everything I did as a mother, you've always been a bad person, which Betty's like, you don't mean that. And as we're watching this, Betty sees Alice as red and Alice yells, I hope you're never a mother so that you don't have to experience the things that you've made me endure. And again, this is a total hint that Betty is actually pregnant.
1: <laughs> of course. But at that that line, that line, you mm. don't mean that. Yes, I do. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. Which
0: again, let's go. I mean, at this point, we should really, I should really just explain my theory that the auras that Betty are seeing when she's someone being read, someone is lying or they're deceiving, and that doesn't necessarily mean something bad is happening, but in a lot of cases, it does. So when she saw Trevor, he was deceiving who he was. So that's what she saw. When she mm-hmm. saw Cheryl with the basket of muffins, it was really it, Cheryl was lying because it wasn't really Cheryl; it was somebody else. Um, when she sees Dagwood, he's a child. He might have been hiding something. He might have been hiding that he had candy. He might have been hiding of like, oh, I really don't like this cat. This cat's here. Um,
1: or he's he, lying about Granny getting them the cat. Like yeah, they maybe found they, it as a stray.
0: Exactly. So like lie, the lies or the deception isn't necessarily a bad, bad thing. It's just what's happening. And here, Alice is lying to
1: her. And that that line, she says, seals it for me as a yeah. theory. So she doesn't mean
0: it. She's just really fucking hurt.
1: Well, or Percival is in her. Yeah. The Percival of it all is influencing mm-hmm. her to like be on the attack mode instead of like recognizing that hurt a bit more. Because Alice has come such a long way as a character up mm-hmm. until Percival. Yeah. So this is way out of the norm for her at this point. Oh,
0: I have. Have more.
1: We'll we'll get there later, but like that for sure yeah. seals it for me. It's just like she's sensing deception, not evil. not necessarily
0: evil. Yeah, because people can lie for good reason. Like Santa Claus, that's a lie, but it's for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, like some people are lying about who they are for their own safety, not to deceive somebody else. Really, we go back to Archie's house, and Tabitha's there asking if they can set up the el royale the if she's asking if they can set up the diner at the el royale the boost the counter the jukebox so that the continuum isn't broken and archie's like yeah that's sure of course and tess is like this might mean that the el royale winds up haunted for some time and archie's like ghosts don't scare me so and frank walks in and is me neither Uncle frank and frank is like archie i've been looking at this picture ever since you gave it to me thinking about what she said you're right He'd want us to find our way back to each other to save Pop. So, me and a few of my guys are willing uh, to call in sick and help you move the diner. And we can do it fast. And if you'll have us. And Archie's like, Yeah, this is great. This is cool. So, we seem to have like broken through to Uncle Frank. That's cool.
1: Makes sense. The yeah. photo as an emotional tether.
0: We go to Archie's bedroom. They're getting ready for bed. They're chatting. And Betty's going to come help in the morning that's that's really it
1: it's just a it's just a little breather before before yeah
0: next. uh we cut to Jughead studying he uh did his due diligence and it's called telepathic erasure and so the way it works is someone being wiped has to be either asleep or distracted so that their subconscious is unguarded so we go to Veronica's office and Reggie's there to pick up money and he's like, well, I'll, I'll have to count this. And so while that's happening, Veronica, you know, signals Jughead to do it. So we get Jughead, you know, in his you know, mind space with a box of Reggie comics, again, with the, the Archie comics font. I love it. And he finds the comic book. He finds the pages and he rips them out. And as he does that, we cut back to Reggie and he kind of like glitches, like he actively glitches on screen. With the comic book style. Yeah, I love it. It's great. And he's just kind of like, okay, fine. And then Veronica's like, okay, you know what? I've changed my mind. And Reggie's like, well, if you do that, I'm, I'm going to tell Percival. And Veronica's like, tell him about what? And he goes, about that thing. Um,
1: <laughs> Veronica's
0: like, why don't you have a think on it? And in the meantime, get the hell out of my office. Very funny.
1: <laughs> oh, Reggie. So cute.
0: So the next morning, we're at Pops, you know, the crew's all there. And it turns out that some good Samaritan gave them a head start. So, like, all the booths are laid out, all nice outside. Like, it's all set up for them to literally just put it in the truck and go. It's very nice. And we see the ghosties. We see the ghosties. Yeah, it's great. Not uh, bloody and dead anymore. No, just like people. We go over to Thornhill and Cheryl's got some questions. She's like, hey, the realm of the unseen arts. You knew a lot about that. That was necromancy, wasn't it? Death magic. Yes, Cheryl. After my mother died, I was taken by a group of women who raised me. A powerful coven in Greendale. I'm not just Wiccan, Cheryl. I'm, I'm a witch. They taught me everything I know. and Based on what I've observed here, I wouldn't want to put a label on you, but I've sus- suspected you may be a witch as well. To which Cheryl's like, I haven't used that word to describe myself yet. No, but I feel as if I've been dancing around it for months, if not years. And then there's this and she shows Cheryl or she shows Heather that she can, you know, start fires. Pyrokinesis. Uh, and it's like, why don't you teach me what you know? I've been walking along this witchy path for some time, but mostly alone. Cheryl, I'd love that. It's like it's so good, like dripping in lesbian undertones.
1: The, the fucking oh. witch. And I think you are, too. I haven't used that word for myself before.
0: Oh, fuck off. Like, on the one hand, I love it, but also massive eye rolling for the way it's presented.
1: It's just so much. (sighs) It's just, just, it's it's like, it's also that thing of, it's not like this is some huge character reveal for Cheryl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's a lesbian. We know, like we get it, like we know
0: Cheryl's <laughs> definitely a lesbian. We don't know about Heather, but also we know Cheryl's a witch, but like i I can also appreciate that Cheryl has not called herself a witch,
1: but whatever uh, <gasps> yeah, it's just so much again, just fucking kiss already, God damn it, so we go over to Percival's
0: shop. <laughs> Percival's looking at Reggie is like, "You look more perplexed than usual." <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I think Jughead and Veronica did something to me. Made me forget something, but I have no idea what it is. Is that possible?" And Percival's like, "Perhaps Jughead's telepathic abilities have gotten stronger since they first manifested." So, you know, now this is on his radar, which is not good for Jughead. We go back over to Pops and Betty's there. She's, you know, she's showing up with her sunglasses to be helpful. And she sees frank's aura she sees it as red she goes inside and tells archie and they confront him and they're like you were gonna drive this into Sweetwater, or maybe the big bonfire the town dump whatever your plan was uncle frank you're busted and frank's like how'd you know and you know Archie like just give me the keys and frank's like i didn't want this come to this and he holds out a piece of palladium puts it in his hand and goes to punch archie and when he does he basically looks, it appears as though he basically broke his hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Archie just says, Looks like you weren't strong enough for the tether to work. Get out of here. Go crawl back to your boss. And why don't you tell Percival that the battle's on? I'm invulnerable again and we're ready to fight. Woohoo. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. I appreciate that Archie tried to like give him a tether. And I think it worked a little bit, but not fully. No, not enough, which is fine. We go over to El Royale and now. It's pops and Archie's like I can't believe you've done this, Tabitha. The paint, the colors, it almost feels like the real McCoy. To which we get our second commercial: Benjamin Moore for the win again.
1: I still will never understand this ad type, but okay. It it makes a lot more sense. It it doesn't, but okay.
0: <laughs> so you know, she's like it. It's uh, you know, it's the definition of a group effort, Grandpa. And uh, they're all like, you know, speaking of which, did your plan work? And Tabitha looks around and she can see the ghosts are there. It's like like a charm. Pops is still Pops. A refuge for lost souls, the living and the dead. No, we go over to the Tang's apartment and Tony proposes to Fangs and he's like taken aback by this. And while this conversation is happening, we see a flashback to Tony talking with Janet Weiss. Pretty much saying that you have to be a stronger, more united couple to go against Kevin.
1: Oh, I hate everything about this scene.
0: I do. Here's here's the thing. We know this is happening because Kevin's being manipulated by Percival. Tony proposing to Fangs for this reason is perfectly in keeping with Tony's character. It just is. Yeah. So, like, we don't get Fangs' answer. Fangs never gives an answer.
1: This is True. Which,
0: which also, again, signals to the fact that they're probably going to end up breaking up.
1: <laughs> I think so. I, um, I think he's going to be like, this is not us.
0: <laughs> which, whatever. Yeah, I, It's just the, the whole situation, if it hadn't undercut Fangs in this way, this would have been more about Tony's willingness to do whatever it takes to get her son back.
1: I think that's what it is, is that this scene is not a bad thing. But because of the way they've set it up, it is the logical endpoint of a bunch of really gross and character assassinating decisions. Mm-hmm. And so rather than it being an interesting moment of showing Tony's like determination, it just perpetuates this grossness of their relationship. Yeah. I ugh. Ugh. No,
0: I, I don't. I, if, yeah. If we had just had this bit with Tony and Fangs was presented more in like, we need to get money. Or like, I am struggling with this part of not feeling like I'm contributing enough to our relationship or to our finances, to our household. If that's how they had presented things, it, again, I could have I dealt with it.
1: Or even if it was more desperation about keeping their son. Uh, I think we've, we've exhausted
0: that. I, it's, it's all stupid. It, it's, and we, we
1: don't like it. From root to tip, it's just bad.
0: So lastly, we go to the FBI office. Betty is talking to Drake and she's like, I think we're wrong about the serial killer gene being my blind spot. I saw an aura around my mom, Claire's Day, and she has the gene. And so Drake points out, you know, your powers are a byproduct of trauma and your most recent discoveries about your mom are more trauma. So this could be a natural expansion of your abilities, sensing who poses a danger, physical or emotional and betty says well she she wasn't the only one i saw another aura someone who has the gene the thing is i just i don't know who this person is a threat to herself or maybe someone closer or even the people that she loves and while she's describing this we flash back to the night betty the this the scene where she was going to sleep at archie's when they were talking she passes by the mirror and she sees herself and she's red river So, again, I feel like this solidifies that it's not that Betty's a threat to herself. I mean, she could be a threat to herself, but she's lying to herself about something. But I just had a thought recently. Okay. So, I I believe that Betty's pregnant. What if she's lying to Archie about being pregnant? Ooh. And that test she gave was false. So, there's that, in which case she could be threatening her future child by not being truthful she's threatening archie by not being truthful and also there's so many things that are locked away in her mind that she has not been able to figure out that she's lying to herself even though that's not like on purpose
1: yeah i mean there's also the lying bit of we we talked we touched on this a little bit with talking about alice where it it's really that thing of like one of the things betty is going to have to grapple with is the fact that her mother was in an impossible situation <laughs> True. Like, I'm not saying Alice is a saint by any means, but Mm -hmm. when your husband is a serial killer, there's a whole lot of decisions you may have to make that you think is for the safety of people around you. I don't think Betty has grappled with that at all. So I think that's just adding a layer on top of it.
0: Maybe, but Alice is rarely truthful. So it's only after she's been caught in a lie that Alice...
1: Will admit to anything. It's one of those things where, like, I think plot-wise, yes, the pregnancy thing makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I also think there's just a shit ton of baggage that Betty refuses to understand and acknowledge.
0: Well, again, I I think it's so compartmentalized that it's going to take a lot to figure that out.
1: Oh yeah, it's just it's it's both a a solid way to bring up a plot point, but also just a huge metaphor for Betty as a character.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair
1: but who is she a threat to? Maybe nobody. I know she's not a threat. to. Not
0: really. Okay. So let's go look at the next time on. Whoever does at a crossroads, (sighs) they're always at a crossroads. What What the fuck? Uh, Tony threatens Kevin. I'm into it. Jughead's going to get fucked up with his mind. Also, return of the beanie.
1: Percival is going to force him to go through his own mind.
0: There's going to be some shit that we discover. I'm into it.
1: Ah, This is a a better promo of like, we're not telling you shit.
0: We're going to tell you just enough to make you be like, I can't wait. Because I am excited. I am excited for more like Jughead mind bendy stuff. I'm into
1: it, I am I just again, <laughs> it's taken so long that I'm starting to go, where the fuck are y'all going with this? yeah, that's uh, we're we're gonna complain until we're blue in the face about it. The show should not be a twenty two to twenty six episode procedural television program.
0: <laughs> oh no, we've complained about this since season two
1: it if there's so much fat you could trim off and. It it would still be a bonkers, ridiculous television series, mm-hmm. but you could cut the fat out and make it a really thrilling, entertaining ride of a bonkers show.
0: But it looks like we have next week, and then we have a bit of a break. Interesting. Um, It looks like currently, uh, via IMDb, we have next week, and then... The following episode, chapter 17, or episode 17, doesn't come out till June 12th. And then after that, episode 18 is June 26. Now, as IMDb, those things are constantly getting updated. um, So that could just be incorrect, or we could be looking at a little mini hiatus before we finish the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. And I did see like way back in the day that they were planning on still filming through June 2022. (laughs) So there is a possibility of that, that they're. Or or doing production through then. So they they may have a delay on getting the the little last part of it produced and done.
0: Which would make sense because episode 17 is supposed to be the musical. Mm -hmm. It is rumored to be uh, American Psycho, which was, you know, again, a failed, a failed musical. So, yeah.
1: Just an excuse to do Huey Lewis songs, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Which also... R.I.S. was one of its writers.
1: No. Okay. All right. Look, the only good version of that was the movie because everything else was completely missed the point. The movie was very interesting. Uh, I don't, I, again, I, I enjoy the weirdness of it uh, episode to episode, but I, I have this one eye always looking at, hey, where are y'all going? I don't. Yeah. Where are y'all gonna end this? Like, is and do you plan to end it? Because I'm okay if this is just how it is until the end of the series, but it would be nice to have that sign posted to us so we kind of (laughs) knew. Could you please just tell us where the fuck you're going?
0: We've been asking that for too long. It's just not gonna happen.
1: (laughs) I want it.
0: Well, until next time, hashtag Bulldogs Bulldogs forever. forever.